0: Hey, Jen. Hey, how are you? so, but you're so good. calm. Right I know. Down. I'm very. I.
1: I don't know. You're like, very know. at peace. Yes, it's all an act, but it's
0: <laughs> it's making me wanna.
1: Oh, good. Okay. To match your level. Right. Hi. 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 <laughs> so, I'm excited today. Me too. Yeah. Bob Bergen. Bob Bergen. Amazing, right? Yeah. Who get who? How many people get to talk to the voice of Porky Pig? I
0: I wish I could do it now that yeah. you said that, but I can't. No, we and shouldn't he, even try. We it we would can't. be embarrassing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know the way he does it. It's flawless. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So what's an L.A. thing that you've been up to?
1: Oh, um, oh, you know what I did? You know what I got to do this weekend that was amazing? I went to a—I was invited to a barbecue mm-hmm. out in Malibu at a house that a friend of mine was renting for the week, uh-huh. right? This is such a, like, L.A. I know. I'm but like, it gets even more L.A. I'm on the edge of my seat. The house that she was renting is owned by one of the Kennedys. What? So all over the walls were, like— pictures and quotes and like a letter from like Jackie Kennedy to somebody it was incredible um and then to make matters even cooler um Deborah Messing was there what? at the party i know and I, it was really hard for me cuz i love her so much and like I everybody was too. like being very la cool like <laughs> oh whatever it's deborah messing from will and grace so i was trying to be really cool too but inside i was like holy uh, fucking <laughs> shit you guys it's deborah messing from will and grace um but of course i I think I kept my cool. I might have stared at her a little bit, well, but, I, if, but I pretty much kept my cool. If you
0: were as cool as you are today. I know, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> you, you, are, you very much were cool in
1: that situation. I think, situation. like, define cool. <laughs> I think you do, too. Not at all. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. 14.
1: How old were you when you moved to L.A.? Fourteen. And where did you come from? Cincinnati. And did, did you or your family know anybody here? In the business? Yeah.
2: No. Okay. No. W- one writer, but uh, I didn't write, so. Right, yeah. right.
1: Where did you live when
0: you got here? Tarzana. What was your initial impression of L.A.?
2: Um, Vast.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? Four. And if you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would that word be?
2: Endless. Oh, I love that!
0: It is endless. It is. It's going I mean, the on thing is, on and on and on. Well,
2: in in in, in traffic, right? And mm-hmm. in land, but also in opportunities.
1: Yeah. Because you,
2: it, people take different routes. I mean, right. you try to be an actor; it doesn't work. So you go into casting.
1: Right.
2: You're you're, you're strumming your guitar, and all of a sudden, you I can write jingles.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: never know where your path is going to take you until it does. Endless. Yeah. Oh, I love uh,
1: that. Yeah. Infinite possibilities. <laughs> So Bob, we're so happy to have you today. Thank you so much. I love your for studio. Being here. It's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. So homey. I know isn't it yeah. is comfortable. We're very excited.
0: I know you're being a little sarcastic right now, but I like it. There yes, we go. Yes. We're
1: actually in a beautiful apartment in. Uh, Hollywood. Yes. uh, Miracle Mile. Miracle (laughs) Mile. There you go. Both Um. sound
2: really, if you're like listening to this in Cincinnati, Hollywood and Miracle Mile both sound pretty impressive. Yeah, (laughs)
1: very cool, right? So I would love to, I mean, I want to hear so many things about you and your work Mm -hmm. and your teaching and and all of that, but I'd love to just start a little bit at the beginning when you first moved to L.A. when you were only 14 years old. So many of the people that we interview come you know, as an adult and just kind of hear what that was like. And did you know at that age that, that, you know, that you were interested in Hollywood in terms of entertainment and what, tell us about that.
2: You know, when you're 14 years old and like, I guess ninth grade mm-hmm. or just going into ninth grade mm-hmm. and you live somewhere and the parents sit you down and say, listen, we have to move. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's like, I don't want to do that. Right. You know, friends, whatever. Of course. My dad <laughs> sits us down and says, we're, we're moving. And I'm like, well, Where? He said, L.A. I went, okay, you're not lying to me, right? Because I wanted to do voices for cartoons since I was, I wanted, I I told my parents when I was five, I want to be Porky Pig.
0: No. Oh, my gosh. Come on.
2: And my mom said, you can't be Porky Pig, you're Jewish. (laughs) What? That's what she said. And I didn't know what that meant, because we were the kinds of Jews that had a menorah next to a Christmas tree. So that that, that and did that, not keep kosher ice. Oh, please. I, I ate bacon, which is kind <laughs> right. of ironic. Right. If you think about what <laughs> I do for a living. <laughs> and we, my dad moved to LA, and literally the next day, um, Mel Blanc, who was the original voice of Porky Pig, yes. I just thought, I'm gonna call him and just tell him, Look, I, I just arrived. My voice hadn't changed, by the way. I just arrived and <laughs> I've seen you on TV and you're, you look like you're at retirement age and I'd love to offer you that opportunity. And I thought (laughs) I was being very generous. So I looked in the phone book and I couldn't find his phone number. And my dad said, okay, now LA is very different than Cincinnati. Right. Because in Cincinnati, there's one phone book for the entire town and everyone's listed. Right. And my dad's like, I don't know where he lives or if he's even unlisted. So he went around, one day he went from like uh, Pasadena to Malibu and he went to the post office because that's, that's where you could get a, a phone book, a white page phone book, which is a thing, people, where people found phone books at <laughs> one time, one time. And he got <laughs> me like, like 20 white page phone books that I had stacked up like this high and I called every M or Mel blank in the book, in the books. And oh God. I had a tape recorder in the kitchen with a phone receiver on the microphone. And I would push record and run into my parents' room and call the first number. Is this Mel Blank's house? Wrong number. Sorry. Hang up. Go back. Turn it off. Put it back on. And I did that for all these books. It took me hours. Couldn't find it. And then I thought, well, maybe it's under his wife's name, which was Estelle. And I knew that because I was kind of obsessed. Yeah. And so I found E. Blank in the Pacific Palisades and I, I got him is, is, is this Mr. Blank yes it is can I talk to him please and I got it all on, 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 on tape it's on my website if you want to play it you're more than welcome to on oh your show what's,
1: the, what's your website
2: bobbergen.com. bobbergen.com and during the course of the conversation he mentioned the name of the studio he was working at that week he didn't say the day or the time he just said the name so when I finished talking to him I called that studio pretending to be his assistant
1: no, you did I not at fourteen years old. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I said, "Hi, I'm calling. <laughs> to, I'm calling to confirm Mr. Blank's appointment for uh, Thursday at 9. And they said, "Well, we've had, we've got him on the books for Wednesday at 11. I went, "Oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm looking at the wrong day in the calendar." Sorry about that. So I said to my mom, "Look, I'm skipping school on Wednesday, and you're going to take me to watch Mel Blank work." And she said, "Cool." So when we got to the studio, I told the receptionist that we're, we're, we're guests of Mel Blank. He told us that we could we could watch, and she said, "Yeah, he's in there." <laughs> and we, when we walked into his booth, <laughs> oh. I said to his producer, hi, we're really good friends with the receptionist. And she said we could watch. <laughs> and she's, and they, okay. And I, and I watched him work. And it was just like, you know, if you're a, a you want to be a baseball player and you're watching your favorite yeah. baseball player, you know, playing, or if you're a, a musician and you're having a moment with Paul McCartney, I mean, it was just, I, I could have died happily that day.
0: Oh. Was there something that he did in the room that you were surprised by that you, you took from that?
2: Um, Yeah. A couple of things, but I'll tell you, the, 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 he did Tweety,
0: okay. and it
2: was terrible. And really? it was, But he was sitting there smoking and oxygen, smoking and oxygen, and then line, smoking, oxygen, and then line. And I thought, oh, well, you know, he's older, and he, he's oxygen, obviously, he's got problems. They played it back, and it was perfect. And I said to his producer, what did you do in the playback to make it sound like Tweety? And she sped, said we sped his voice up.
1: Oh, I said, oh, because
2: of the smoking? And the, she goes, no, that's how we always have recorded him since, since the 30s, which I never knew. So when I went to meet him, I wanted to sound cool and hip like I was in the know on something that nobody else knows. And I, what I said to him was, you're not as good as I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom is kicking me. And like, say something else. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say was I didn't realize that, uh, that the great Mel Blank needs help. Oh, I didn't mean that either. <laughs> and, he, and he whips out an autograph pad, signs, and hands it to me, and he says, quit while you're behind, kid. And so I had my autograph. I insulted my hero.
1: But you didn't get a chance in that moment to do a voice for him? No.
2: Or... In fact, when I called him up, yeah. I, did, I never said I wanted to be Porky Pig. There was something. I heard my mom's, my mom's voice saying, you know, that's rude. That's a little, little, uh-huh. little presumptuous, a little pretentious. Uh-huh. I just told him I wanted to do voices for cartoons. I did tell him as the kid that called you. Uh-huh. You know, so he remembered, he re- it was like a day before. It was, so he remembered that. Um, but that was, and then I, and then I, I w- went back to the phone book and I called Hanna-Barbera. And I said, listen, I want to do voices for cartoons. And they referred me to a guy named Dawes Butler. And Dawes Butler was every voicemail blank wasn't. He was Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound and Cat and Crunch. And I studied with Dawes off and on for 10 years. Some of my fellow students were um, Nancy Cartwright um, who does Bart Simpson? Mm-hmm, of um, course. Bill Farmer, who does Goofy. Oh
1: my I mean, goodness! It was the
2: creme de la creme. And I studied with everybody who offered a class.
1: But then, how did all of that lead to getting lead a to
2: job? A porky Pig. It led to Porky. Well, I was already in the business right. when they held auditions for Porky Pig.
1: So it's just kind of a coincidence that you had had that first experience when you were fourteen, and then
2: I met with my first agent. I got my Casey Kasem got me my first agent. Really? I mean, he. There's a cop going by. <laughs> I'm great. sorry, Casey Kasem. The city. I love you. I love your agent.
1: <laughs> We're in L.A. Um,
2: this is this is L.A. Yeah, the zombie What it's like here. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: friend of the family knew Casey Kasem and had him send me a autographed picture for my high school graduation, and I sent him a thank you note with a phone number. I want to do what you do. And he called me up and he said, do you have, do you have a, do you have a demo? And four years of voiceover classes, nobody said the word demo to me. Mm. He said, do you have an agent? No, no. So he said, make me a homemade demo. Do as many voices as you can. And did like 85 voices. Sent it to him. Oh His agent at the time was in the hospital in an oxygen tent. And Casey went to the hospital with a portable tape recorder and played it through the plastic. The agent got healthy called me up and he said I think you're a very talented kid and I'd like to represent you and I said mister I don't know what that means but as long as it's after three o'clock because I got school <laughs> and he wow. this was Don Pitts and Don Pitts represented Mel Blanc June Foray Orson Welles Casey Kasem oh my, my very God. first audition for him was with Orson Welles in his office and it was in a very very tiny booth and Orson Welles was a rather round man uh-huh. and, and, and we were stomach to stomach because the booth was so small and when we were all done I had a wet Orson some well sweat stain on my stomach, and I was like, "I'm gonna keep that." And the damn thing evaporated. I was so upset, but I had his essence on me. It felt so good. I
1: have, so oh, that's just incredible. I have so many. Questions. I do too. Well, first of all, just the hot is uh, incredible. Amazing. I think when you're young, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I think when
2: you're young, you don't realize what you're doing is hot Yeah, Right. I think when you're older, you're 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 afraid. You know, right. no, it's I was not gonna a, ask you that. Has well, it changed? Like, do you feel like me. you're
1: you're st- you you be- feel you still ask for what you want and feel oh. comfortable, yeah.
2: But you know, you can do it in a way that's not as. I mean, I I, I was an innocent fourteen year old uh-huh. kid. I, I would actually qualify it with, you know, I'm so sorry to bother you, but sort of thing. Now, now,
1: right? But back <laughs> then,
2: it was hi, Mr. Blank. My name is Bob, and I I just moved here from Cincinnati, and I want to do voices for cartoons. Long pause. How'd you get my number? <laughs> so you know,
0: I'm I'm surprised he wasn't. I I would have been very flattered. I think. I think I would have been very amused that this kid tracked me down. I mean, that's pretty incredible that that that's what you were able to do. And
2: you know, then one of the reasons I got into teaching was because I wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. Now we have the internet. We're all all LinkedIn. You know, we're all on Facebook. So I get, all day long, if I'm home not auditioning or working, I market my career. But I'm also answering questions and having, you know, the next generation of voiceovers say, hey, here's a little clip I did. What do you think? I'm always honest with them. Mm -hmm. I, I won't be discouraging But I'll be honest, because if if the honesty... Look, you need acting classes. Don't even think about taking a voiceover class. Study acting first. If that scares them, good. Do something that you love enough that you're willing to put that kind of work into.
0: Now, why do acting classes first?
2: Because if you don't know how to act, if Mm -hmm. the script is a skeleton, that's what Mm -hmm. I teach my students, Mm -hmm. the script is a skeleton, your job is to give it a body. Mm -hmm. If you don't have acting technique under your belt... You're not going to be making choices. You're going to be making guesses. Mm-hmm. And with a solid acting foundation, you've got the tools to repeat. I mean, how often do we work as an actor where it's a perfect take, but there's a technical problem? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody hit the boom mic if it was on camera or there was a pee P-pop in mm-hmm. a voiceover. Ooh, we loved that read. Do it exactly the same way. Well, without an, a, an acting technique to, to draw upon, I did two years of an, at an acting conservatory. I did three years of, of improv studies with the Groundlings. So, you know, I was a trained actor. I, by the way, in between that, I was studying voiceover. And I, I did two years of voiceover training. Then I did two years of acting. Then I went two years back to voiceover and applied what I learned as, a, as an actor. Whether it's a cartoon, a commercial, a narration, a toy, you're acting. Mm-hmm. So... It's a very expensive hobby to do what we do. <laughs> it, it costs an awful lot of money to be an out of work actor, trained, ready with the proper demos and tools, mm-hmm. and to be an out of work actor. Yeah. So, if you're going to put yourself in that position, be prepared. Study acting so your first class isn't voiceover and you get direction or adjustments from the director, and you're like, I don't know how to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, everything you're saying... Well, there's a couple things that you're saying that I'd love to recap on. One is that I think it's so nice to hear, because even right now, today, so many people reach out to people and feel mm-hmm. like it's a little bit like, is anybody is anybody there? Can they hear me? Mm-hmm. And And they can, and it's nice to hear what you're saying, because the fact that you actually were able to do that and reach somebody that you admired so much and that shaped so much of where you were going in your career is really inspiring.
2: Yeah, people are more... Reachable and available today than ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
2: you know, I I I I kind of partake in a lot of voiceover forums on social media, and I'll give my you know my opinions. But I see these people, bless their hearts, asking advice from people who are on the same boat as they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my advice to anybody, whether your thing is voiceover, dance, music, go to the people who already have the career that you desire. Mm -hmm. Go to their LinkedIn and see who they're connected with. Go Mm -hmm. to their Facebook. Follow their path, but don't talk to people, necess- unless it's like a support group, but right. don't ask career advice of From people who are on the same boat yeah. as you.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. Because you're going to stay on that same boat. Yeah. You know? Find a mentor. Yeah. Or,
2: yeah.
0: So what did you do in your career? I mean, I'm just so amazed that you knew you wanted to do this, that you made From the age call. of five. I mean, that's and that's incredible 14, to make a call like right. that? My God. Right. Um, it's funny. I remember writing a letter to Peter Brooks, who mm-hmm. I really loved in Paris. Right. And writing this like long letter. I, I don't think I ever sent it because I,
1: for You're a lot too of afraid other to? reasons, too I, scared.
0: I wasn't scared. It was.
1: I was. I don't know. Maybe
0: it was because I was scared. But anyways, I still have that letter. <laughs> Go send it. Now I've got to send that letter. No, but. Um, What did you do in the moments? I mean, it sounds like you were so confident Mm -hmm. and had this very clear direction. But what did you do when you were afraid, or were you afraid? Did you have those moments of doubt? Like, what are things that you did? I think if every
2: actor is honest, Uh, I can remember reading. um, Michael J. Fox wrote a book where he's telling a story how he's walking down the aisle to to collect his umpteenth Emmy, Mm -hmm. thinking to himself, "When are they going to realize I have no idea what I'm
1: doing?" Yeah,
2: (laughs) I think every artist. Every artist really no matter where you are goes hope they keep buying this <laughs> yeah. you know I, I, I do know there are certain things that i do well mm-hmm. and i know there are certain things that i will leave an audition going maybe i should go into mine because that wasn't my day and those are the ones you, you end up booking mm-hmm. you know um i'm doing a new looney tunes series right now where i had to audition for it again wow. so i'm 28 years playing this character i'm finishing up one show called new looney tunes Auditioning for a brand new series, all new producers, called Looney Tunes Cartoons. And it's the fifth time I've had to re-audition for this character. Why? Why are they... Yeah. Because I don't own it. Because uh-huh. a studio owns the character and because they can. And so the first time that happened, it was like a kick in the stomach. Yeah. The second time I was like, oh, this again. The third time I was like, okay, whatever. This time, so my philosophy has been, you know what, if somebody's better, they deserve this. And I had 28 great years, I can't complain. Wow. That's so I true. go in there and just have fun. Now, I'll tell you, um, one of my auditions was for Space Jam. Mm-hmm. And for that, they made us do Shakespeare. Because they figured anybody could say, that's all of you know?
1: Not true, not
2: me. Well, a good mimic can. Right. But can they do, to be, or the opposite? And tell the story and have some fun and ad lib. <laughs> so I love that challenge. And I was watching in the callback. I was watching people sweat oh as they got that script. And I'm like, oh, bring it on. This is awesome. I love this stuff.
0: Oh, my so God. Be, so have fun. Enjoy while you're doing it. Enjoy it. Know that you can do it with that fear and those doubts in your head anyways. You're
2: going to have it no matter what because you're human. Yeah. Um, I, the only time I've ever really gotten nervous at an audition was – it's like my 12th callback originally for Porky Pig. It was for Chuck Jones. And Chuck Jones was one of the creators of the Looney Tunes back in the 30s. And I went to shake his hand, and I'm like like shaking. I'm nervous. And he goes, why are you so nervous? I said, I'm about to do Porky Pig for Chuck Jones. It's, it's like doing <laughs> Jesus for God, you know? And he laughed, and I laughed, and it kind of relaxed me. And so, But I don't get nervous at auditions because, and this is another thing I teach my students, if you're auditioning to please... Anybody else other than yourself, you're going to blow it. You're going to have too much pressure. If you're trying to book a job because you need the money, you don't want to be dropped by an agent. You want to please your parents because you don't want to prove that eh, they were right. You shouldn't right. have pursued this. Right. Just go in. I, I treat an audition as a party. I'm the host. I'm inviting you to my party by having a blast auditioning. You may not love my party, but I'm going to do my best to entertain you. And If you don't, I don't care. I know right. I'm a good host.
1: Right. But if right. it's not your
2: your cup of tea, if I'm presenting, you know, uh, a New Year's Eve party and you were looking for a Mexican fiesta, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I'm going to I'm going to hand you some champagne, whether you like yeah. it or not, that's up to you.
0: How much of you is in because it is it's a character, mm-hmm. Porcupine has been done and yeah. developed. How much of you is in there? You know, oh, Really it's good a question.
2: Um really good question i remember early on mel Blanc died in 89 i got my first job in 1990 and they hadn't really done new looney tunes since with that character in particular since the early 60s so your reference stops early 60s well we're doing cartoons right now where porky is an uber driver or he's using a cell phone he's on the internet i'm using references and pop culture references that he never did So I've got to find ways to keep the integrity of the character, but also keep the character relevant. Um, I wouldn't say it's me that I put into Porky. What I will say, you know, I respect the producers, I respect the directors. I always give it to them exactly how they're asking. Mm -hmm. But if I have another idea that I think is a little bit more Porky-esque, I might say, can I do one for me? And Mm -hmm. they never say no, but what take they end up using, that's their... You know, that's, a, that's completely their choice, and I, and I respect that. Um, but I always, you know, speak up. Right now, the, show, the two last two shows we're doing, the writing has been so damn good. Wow. Oh, that so good. So and and, the, and the, the Looney Tunes cartoons that we're doing right now, there's a billboard. If you drive by Warner Brothers on Olive and Barham, there's a brand-new billboard up there, and you can see that it, it looks like 1940s Looney Tunes, and it's oh really, God. really exciting.
1: Uh. My kids love the old looney tunes. They are raised very love well. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean they totally stand up. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Do you pinch yourself and you're like I'm actually doing this right now? I still
2: do. Cuz it's got to be I still amazing. Do. Yeah. yeah, I will I will drive onto Warner Brothers or wherever we're working cuz sometimes it's a it's a different studio, but if I I'm like I st- I'm still doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I never take it for granted.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I mean even like I've heard like Spielberg interviewed mm-hmm. and they they all say that like how lucky we are to get to just be part, any small part of this business is, is such don't a privilege. Don't you
0: think that might also be kind of why you guys are where you are? Because there is this sort
2: of I excitement
0: think, and gratitude with it? I think, well, you know?
2: certainly gratitude. Um, we don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Another thing I tell my students is you can't do this for the money. Because if you do it for the money, it's never going to feel like enough. You've got to do it because you love it. And you've got to get the same, I, get, I tell, get a high at the mic. Get a a high at the mic if you're auditioning, the same high if you're working at Disney. That same saddest. First job I ever did, which was Spider Man and His Amazing Friends back in 80 something. And I did it. I had a blast. And like a a month later, I go to the mailbox and there's an envelope with a little window, you know, with my name on it. And I open it up and there's a check in there. I'm like, well, who is sending me? Oh, they pay you for this. (laughs) Oh, my God. They totally pay you for this. So, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I, I, I count my blessings every day.
1: Yeah,
0: it's great. Can I, can you, can you talk to us a little bit in, more in the voice? Do you
2: have a preference?
0: Um, Which one would you
1: like to do? I would oh. love to hear everything. We <laughs> do have enough time, but um, I would love to
2: hear all. Well, I did the pig. Um, <laughs>
1: That's just, every time he does I that, just, I like, I'm, I'm just so happy. Beaming. It makes me so happy. Jen is beaming. I know.
2: Did you ever see The Emperor's New Groove?
1: Yes. yes.
2: Do you know the little squirrel. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Bucky the squirrel. Hang on one second. Oh, thank you. <laughs> My publicist is very good. Um, so um, I played Bucky the squirrel, and and uh, Patrick Warburton played Kronk, and uh, I never met him. We never had any any screen t- time together, and, but they edited us together. Great. So he would say squeak squeak and squeak squeak, and Bucky would go. <laughs> Wow. Can I tell you how I got that? Yes. Yes, I was hired to do a squirrel. Didn't audition. You're going to be doing a squirrel. And I get to the the session, and the director, I think, was Mark Dindle, and he tells me, Patrick Warburton plays Kronk. He says squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak. You say squirrel noises, and he translates it. And I said, do do I say squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak? And he said, no, no, no. No, (laughs) you have to make up a a squirrel language. (laughs) And I said, can I think about it? And then he said, yeah, sure. So I go outside, and Disney's like a giant park. Right. You know, park benches, green trees, you know. Right. And I'm sitting in this park bench going squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak. And I swear to you, a little squirrel ran down a tree, oh my God. came up to me on its hind legs, like and looked at me, and you. he went, <laughs> and I went, thank you. <laughs> and I went into the, the sound stage, and I went, <laughs> and he went, sure, that works. So I did that film, I did the sequel, and I did three years on a series from that little squirrel that, I, that every time I work at Disney, I think the last time I worked was about a week ago, and I took a picture of the tree and the park bench. And I said, "For anybody who knows this story, that's where the squirrel wow. is." Yeah.
1: How many How many voices do you create like that, and how many voices do you go in and they say either match this or this is exactly how we want it to sound? Or does that happen, or is it yeah, always it, you kind of
2: ninety nine percent is creating fresh, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, it'll be. We're holding an audition for a classic character because you know, somebody passes away, whatever. Um, but most of the time, you look at a picture, there's a, there's a, a brief description, and there's the dialogue. And you put all that together and, you know, your audition has to sound like this character has been around for 50 years. Mm -hmm. It's not just a funny voice. All characters have a voice, but not all voices have character. Yeah. So it's layers of personality. Hence the technique, right? Well, exactly. And this is acting 101. Yeah. So, you know, if you get a couple of pages for your sides for an on-camera audition, well, you got to make up some stuff. So you're not just reading those words. You've got a thought process. You know, you've created a backstory. You've got something that you're drawing upon other than just a silly voice. And what that does is the mic picks up those choices. You know, the only mistake an actor can make is to not make a choice. Yeah. But you're auditioning in your home studio. Yeah. Nobody's there to tell you that your choice is wrong. So you make a solid committed choice. You get the call back and they go, okay, you know how you were like really screaming loud in the scene? You're in a library. So you don't have to do that. Oh, thank you. But your choice got you the call back. Now, you want to say also say to them, why didn't you tell me it was in the library? Right, right. Because they didn't.
1: Anya uh, O'Hare who who yeah. you kn- who knew you know who um heads up Dreamworks animation. And I loved your interview. I told you earlier um, that. I loved thank your you. We we were we felt so lucky to get to talk to her, but she, I remember she said it when we um spoke with her. That she she said I have to believe it, mm-hmm. which I thought you know as my my background training is acting, and I thought oh that's like you said like that's just acting that's mm-hmm. what we're always that's the language of acting too like you got to believe what the actors on stage are doing. She also said something else that I loved, which was that they hire her for her taste, mm-hmm. and I thought that was such a great way to say it because it's, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about. You know, somebody else might do something totally, like they might, you know what you were saying about, like a Mexican restaurant versus mm-hmm. a, like, so her t- whatever her taste is or their taste is in that day, but not trying to chase something or be something, you just be who... You, are
2: you try like, to be what you think they want. Right. They can read that, you know? That's, uh, that's a perfect way to say it. And, you know, that. I also tell my students that- Don't try to be what they, you think they yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this person, this casting person, every actor that walks in the door, they're, they're thinking to themselves, please be it. Mm-hmm. Because if they find the perfect hit, they look great to their bosses. Mm-hmm. So let's say they are perfect for this casting director, but their boss decides somebody else. Well, today's audition is an insurance policy for another one. So you want this casting director to... I've I've, I've had students say to me, gosh, I have auditioned for Colette Sunderman 30 times, 30 callbacks, and she's never hired me. Well, Colette probably doesn't have the ability to hire you. Mm -hmm. She has the ability to put you on a short list. That's a great... But it's the executive producer, the toy company, the studio that makes the final decision. But because she keeps calling you back, she believes in you, and she thinks it's just a matter of time. So don't blame anybody else or the situation other than... You know what? It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, if you're getting called back 30 times, it's going to happen. You're doing something right.
1: The voices you do, Bob, sound so, like, they sound like they take a lot of work. Like you're there, there. I mean, um, physically? Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you have to? Like, if you're if you're working for six hours in a studio, mm-hmm. do you get tired? What Depends are, on the character.
2: Yeah. Um. I and for Looney Tunes, I do a character named Gabby Goat. Uh
1: huh.
2: And Gabby Goat sounds like this.
1: <laughs> hey Porky, what's going on? I'm not going to be here all day. <laughs>
2: oh, and we did a, a cartoon a couple of years ago where I was doing Tweety as well as as Gabby in the same cartoon.
1: You want to hear Tweety, don't, don't can you, Camille? <laughs> oh, you, be old putty cat? Uh,
2: the girls are blushing. It's very cute.
1: <laughs> we actually
0: are blushing right now.
2: That was oh amazing. But, I, but I, I, they had me do Gabby first. I did Gabby for about, you know, an hour like this. Yeah. And then it was time for Tweety, and I was like, okay, Tweety sounds, my voice my, my a little hoarse. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to the director, just milk. note, can we start with Tweety next <laughs> time? Yeah, She yeah. goes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um... I it, For games, I pass on 90% of my game auditions because it's going to be a couple of hours of screaming.
1: Uh, so, video games because it's, yeah. like, it's tough guys shouting oh, well, yeah, things exactly. Like guns
2: and um, stuff. Or, you know, if, if I see a gun or a fatigue in the, yeah. in, the, in, the in the picture, yeah. I'll pass. Interesting. Um, and then, now one time, <laughs> it was I think for EA, um, they wanted a chicken. And it was for the audition, just give us 20 seconds of... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's that's not that's not hard, you know. It's for some. Of it's, us for, it it's very hard. Well, but it's not it's not roadie. Right, right, right. So yeah. I get I get to the to the game. Well, the object of the game is to kill the chicken. So the, the, in, in one clip, the the chicken gets you know gets shot off of a building. So they went. And after two hours of this, I said, hey, can I take a little break and call my agent? I was like, you didn't tell me the chicken dies. She goes, I didn't know the chicken dies. I said, oh, the chicken dies. I got I got like like six inches of script left. The chicken's about to get decapitated. Oh, my God. Machine guns. Oh, my God. The chi- I mean, the chicken dies a lot. But then you go back and you're all smiles with the buyer because you don't want to like, you know, make it awkward. And right. it's just, you know, okay, we have to really be like, I've got a game I'm doing tomorrow playing a character I've played before and I can't talk about it because of NDAs yeah sure but I said to my agent well, make sure there ain't a lot of screaming in this okay because <laughs> it's a yeah. superhero and quite often they get beat up they do their thing so I got a little note just before I came in here we will save all screaming and efforts till the end and if Bob would like a break or, or, or do a separate session we'll do that which is great they do respect yeah. the actor and what we have to, yeah. to deal with but to go back to your original yeah. question not much hurts
0: not much hurts nah not
2: really Porky doesn't hurt yeah I could do that all day
0: I'm just Ugh. amazed that you can do it like just drop into it I know yeah, so but, but
2: yeah. that's what you know I mean I'm, I'm sure Barbara Streisand could sing it at a, at, a, at a heartbeat too but you know uh, it's what we do
1: well, it's clearly you were born with a gift. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you knew at 5 and the fact that you can create all these, I mean that's it's really it's really something. You were destined to do this. Yes, you were. This well, I will tell
2: you this. I I I'll I'll, 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 I'll kind of end with this that Yes, please do. I was um I was working as an actor when Porky Pig, the audition first came around. And I said to my agent at the time, if I don't book this, I'm going to probably quit voiceover. And she's like, "When I was doing like three or four series. She goes, well, you can't do that. Well, no, no. Cause she got 10%. <laughs> right. And I said, yeah, cause if I don't get this, it's, this is why I got in. So I was a little lucky and she was very grateful.
1: <laughs> I'm sure she was. Um. Um, it has been so much fun talking to you. We, we always like to end with, um, what we call an LAism, okay. not to put you on the spot. All but right. If there's anything that you have noticed in your time living here that is unique to LA, one thing that is uh, sort of just LA,
2: LA time. L.A. time. L.A. time means, you know, it's at 2 o'clock, but because of the 4.05. <laughs> I might be you know? There. It's in L.A. time. Right. And, 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 it, and LA, it could be early or late because you don't know L.A. time. You're right. L.A.
1: time. Oh, I love it's that. It's true. That's
0: true. It is true. Um... I have one more thing to say before we go. I just, you've been talking so much about your students. Yes. And we wanted to make sure that if anybody wanted to take a class with you, which I'm sure everybody would want to do after this. I appreciate that. um, Where can they find you?
2: Bobbrigan.com. Okay. Um, My LA class has a four-year waiting list.
0: Oh my God.
2: So sign
1: up now, guys. But
2: I'm doing a cruise in January. That's right. If they go to my webpage, they can get all the information on there. So that's
1: January, 2019.
2: Yeah. It's like January 5th, I think. Commercial voiceover with Maryland Listener, animation with me, and marketing, all, all day workshops. And if commercial. somebody's
1: listening to this after that yeah, date, yeah. do you will you do them again? Do you think? I don't is this know. The we'll thing see. You guys do. This is the first we'll time. We'll see.
2: I, mean, I did cool. one 10 years ago by myself. Oh, okay. We'll see. I teach weekend workshops all over the country. If people are interested, just oh, pop workshops. me a note cool. and I can give it to cool. my okay. producer. So that know. sounds
1: fun. Though. Awesome. You're on a cruise ship and you're learning how to do voiceover. It, it is. Be it is. It that? is fun. And you're eating. Buffets and you're drinking and, and eating and, in and in getting massages. it's Not too
2: yeah. shabby. You thank, you so thank you, you so much. Thank you for being so here with us. Really appreciate it. So do, do you, know you want to... That's, uh, that's all, folks? That's Yes. <laughs> I, I can't do that. It's not in my... It's not in my... Do we get paid? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA The Podcast. We know you have big actor dreams, and we really want to help you. For more insider tips on the L.A. film and TV industry, go to ispeakla.com and subscribe today. And of course, look for us at all the regular places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.